Learn how to build your faith on God's Word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's Word to work for you. Well, have you been having fun so far? Let's jam our hands together for them one more time. Come on. We can do better. We can do better, guys. Let's celebrate them. Praise God. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Praise God. And somebody might be wondering, how are we singing on spiritual songs? The truth is that those are very spiritual songs. Um, it's not the song that makes us spiritual. It's us that make the song spiritual. If you didn't think all this was spiritual, then you've not been reading your Bible well. There's a book in the Bible called Songs of Solomon. Uh, so love is not carnal. Love is actually spiritual. And um, this whole month, our love months, our marriage months, we want to normalize happy marriages. We want to normalize, you know, true love. We can't let um, other people just keep telling us what love is. We should know what love is. Praise God. And as spiritual people, everything we do becomes spiritual. We are the ones that make things spiritual. If I'm a footballer, for me, football becomes a spiritual activity because I bring out God's glory from it. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? All right. Okay. I enjoyed the... Uh, where's Sammy Smith? Where's Sammy Smith? Come, come. Let's clap for Sammy Smith one more time. You are not clapping. Are you hungry? Clap well now. You did, you did so well. And you buffed up. Come on, as always, Avi. Even when I saw the dressing, I didn't know you were going to say, I said, what? It's just church all of us came. You must have money. Mm. Nida, I want to pray for you. You must have money. You must be blessed. God's hand will be upon your life. You will prosper. Anything that doesn't resemble God's perfect will for you, I decree it is broken from your life. From now on, you walk in the center of God's plan. There will be clarity. There will be visibility. In the name of Jesus. You will find favor like never before. You will find unusual favor. People that didn't like you before will begin to like you. Doors that didn't open before will begin to open. Resources that didn't come before will begin to come. In the name of Jesus. I pronounce a blessing over you. You will prosper. You will prosper. The heavens over you are open. Whatever you touch will go forward. In the name of Jesus. It will work in your hands. Your family will flourish. Your business will blossom. Your children will grow to know the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. You are blessed. You are blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's appreciate him. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just felt in my heart to decree a blessing over his life. All right. All right. So that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we've been talking about pink and blue. Um, uh, and we've been looking at the differences between men and women. And um, it's not just for fun. The, the truth is that um, understanding the differences will help. will give you a lot of peace. Um, you know, like one of the videos we watched on the recap, it said that everybody that's having a bad marriage, they always have good intentions. But somehow the marriage is not turning out good. One of the reasons is because of um, lack of understanding. That, that difference that we have, men and women are different. And you see, um, under name for quarrel is differences. 
the most uh, common reason for divorce worldwide is called irreconcilable differences. And the truth is that no difference should be irreconcilable once you can understand where the person is coming from. Men and women are different. That's why marriages usually find it hard to work because they are all seeing things from a different perspective. So you understanding your partner helps you, you know, function better with them. So we've looked at many, many differences. There are over 6,000 genetic differences between men and women. And there are, when it comes to also social differences, I'm sure they are also in thousands. There are so many behavioral differences between men and women. And the world is constantly trying to tell us that men and women are the same, trying to say you can jump from gender to gender, that you can be, can be born a boy and decide to be a girl. You can be born a girl and decide to be a boy. That's the confusion they're trying to bring. Because they're trying to say we are the same. We are not the same. You can't be, you can't be born a boy and decide to be a girl. You can't be born a girl and decide to be a boy. You are different. Everything about you is different. Even to small things, you know, like, 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 like how you, they think, how they talk, how they understand, how they comprehend, all different. I told you the other day that they even found out that how men and women commit suicide is different. I mean, something that's incredible. That men, if men are committing suicide, they must be aggressive. So men like hanging. They like jumping from building. Aggressive. Say women commit suicide, it's still delicate. They just take overdose, drug overdose, and lie down. There must still be something peaceful about them. <laughs> men must be violent. Hang. Why you want to kill somebody? Okay, that's the point but, of suicide. But you know, I'm just trying to show you that they've studied it well every way, and they just discovered that men and women are always different. Always different. Always different. Hallelujah. I told them in the, in, the, in the service on the mainland, you know, that even when it comes to doing jazz, I'm not saying you should do jazz. We all know that doing jazz is wrong, but I'm just looking at social things. Even when it comes to doing jazz, discover that men, women, when women are still doing jazz, it's still linked to men. So you hear sweetener, tightener, and things like that. And it's still all about men. And even when women want to do jazz for money, the jazz they do for money is for a man. To give them money. Men don't do just for a woman to give them Men just do just direct. Satan, give me the money direct. <laughs> Have you noticed? Women's highest jazz is for a man to be doing what they want. It's still man. For a man to give me money. Men say, why do you need another man to give you money? Satan, just give me the money direct. I can be choosing anything and everything I want to do. Praise God. Because everything about a woman's life is relational. Very relational. Okay. So today I'm going to pick on two more and I'll do it in 10, 10 minutes and we'll be done. So today I'm looking at men are logical, women are emotional. Men are logical, women are emotional. Usually when we say things like this, somebody gets angry and says, so are you saying women don't have logic? Are you saying men don't have emotions? Not at all. That's not what we're saying. However, we've been able to notice that when it comes to relationship and marriage and things like that, women approach it from an emotional standpoint. And men approach it from a logical standpoint. So men are usually the head of the relationship because they're logical. Women are the heart of the relationship because they're emotional. Women just bring a compassionate part to life. So imagine a headless, a, a, a heart without a head or a head without a heart. They are incomplete. It's when we come together. That difference actually brings balance. When men and women come together, it brings the real beauty of mankind. When we separate ourselves, we actually lose the completeness. If everything is done from an emotional standpoint, then it becomes faulty. If everything is done from a logical standpoint, it's also imbalanced. You need both. You need both. So men are logical in how they relate 
in marriage. Women are emotional. It doesn't mean men, does not, men do not have emotions. As a matter of fact, when you watch, those of you that watch sports, you see men get emotional with football. So when they score, they see them shouting. They are not as expressive as that at home with other things. Women complain all the time. He's just rigid, very stiff. Even in church, without the dancer playing, just in start. But when they play football, he gets emotional. He's emotional, but he doesn't just know how to introduce it in other aspects of life, especially relationally. You see, when Chelsea beat us in um, Champions League final, and I've not forgiven Pep Guardiola for it till tomorrow, any day I still see him, no matter where we meet, I'll still give him a talking to. How do you bring us to Champions League final and be going to be bringing Sterling that you didn't play all season? Is Champions League going to play him? You remove Aguero that's been scoring since they bought him. I mean, all kinds of things. The Bible is clear about things like this. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know what happened? So I, I put a video of when Chelsea guys were, 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 you know, were coming to meet the trophy, and the men were kissing the trophy. The men were picking the trophy. Oh, I'm sure most of those men, their wives will complain at home that they are not emotionally available. Those men are not that expressive at home. How many men just hold their wife and say, mm, I love you? They are not. They get up and say, where's my phone? But the, those men, they are kissing trophy. Emotionally. That's what I'm saying. So men are emotional, but they don't bring their emotion home. You need to bring that, that. That way, those men are kissing that trophy. You need to do that to your wife from time. When she just enters the home, pick her like a trophy because she's your trophy. I say, mm, I love you. I want you. <laughs> Many women will be glad if their husbands can be that emotionally available. Number one complaint women have of men is that they are not emotionally available. Men believe that if I'm physically present, it means I'm emotionally present. It's not the same. Many men, because I'm coming home every day. No, proximity does not guarantee intimacy. Women know that. Women know you can be present and not be present. So men are physically present, but she's not feeling you emotionally. She wants to be able to feel you emotionally. Bring your emotions to the table. Bring the response, the, the connection. She wants to be able to feel you. So men can be emotionally unavailable because they don't know how to bring their emotions to relationship. They are just serious. So they find it hard to be expressive. Find it hard to say, I love you, I miss you, I need you. You must begin to learn those things. You must begin to learn the power of looking into your wife's eyes and expressing how you feel. That's the way you actually like, meet a woman's emotional need. The problem we have been having is that most men were taught to only meet one area of need. There are seven areas every man should meet a woman's need. Seven. Most men only meet one or at least attempt to meet one and live their whole life meeting one. That's financial. If you're meeting only a woman's financial need, you're scoring one over seven. In any school, that's fail. <laughs> but the average man, this is what all men are grooming themselves to do. That I must work hard. You know, a man must provide. For. There are seven things a man should provide, not just money. Money is one. So six other things. And one of it is emotional. This is why, this is why divorce rate is going to still go up if we don't change our thinking. Because, let me tell you, men, let me tell you, the reason why bringing only financial need was great those days was because women were not working those days. Women were strictly homemakers those days. So when a man goes to work, goes to hunt, goes to farm, goes to whatever he went to, bring one tuba of yam, bring one antelope, bring one bush meat, bring something home, the wife will praise him. Hey, my darling husband, you are so wonderful. And they will, have, they will live happily ever after. Because all he brought was food or money. And they will celebrate him. But today, the women you are coming home to also earn money. Some earn more money than you. So you come after you had this work. <laughs> you earn 400K. She earns 600K from online selling hair. So she's wondering, ah, what's doing you? What have you done? 
Like you're tired. <laughs> she still wants to talk. She still wants to so, so, and, and, and for the young men that don't marry early, this is the reason why you're not marrying early. You want to have money before you marry. Look, having money is not the only thing one, a woman needs from you. There are a lot of other things you must start learning how to provide. Emotional, you know, um, provision is important. Providing for her emotionally, her emotional needs. And the, today's woman, her number one need is not even financial anymore. Most of them work. That's why the smart ones. They work. They can make money. Easily. What they can't do for themselves, they can't meet their own emotional needs for themselves. That's where you come in. That's what I'm saying. You don't need all the money to be a great lover. If you know how to meet a woman's emotional needs, and she has six other, five other needs, if you know how to meet them, you'll be a superstar lover without having all the money in the world. That's why millionaires still get divorced. If money was the only thing one looking for, why should any millionaire divorce? Do you know nine, I mean, nine, eight out of the nine richest men in the world, because the 10th person was a woman, so, so eight out of the nine richest people in the world are divorced. Eight. That's not a middle. That's not, that's, that's statistics. That's almost like 100%. That's 99.9 something percent. Eight out of nine of the world's richest men are billionaires are all divorced. So if money was the thing you should be wasting your time for, then their marriages should be great. Because what you need to know is that women need more than just provision, financial provision. I know in Africa, because there's poverty, it seems, you know, financial provision is, is overblown. But once the woman gets some comfort, she will still need the other things. So, you need to start learning how to meet a woman's emotional need. By companionship, by being there, by talking. By talking. Alright? Very important, by talking. You, a woman, is therapeutic for a woman to talk. That talking is very important. When a woman is stressed, she talks. When she's happy, she talks. When she doesn't even know what she's doing her, she talks. When she doesn't know what to talk about, it's talk, she will use to solve it. So to you to be dating or married to a woman and you're not available to talk, you are actually punishing her. You must talk. The last person that tried it, Adam, it didn't go well for him. He wasn't talking to his wife. If you're not talking to your wife, somebody else will talk to her. Somebody else will talk to her. Because that talking, she will talk it. That talking, she will talk it. If you're not talking to her, somebody will talk to her. May it not be Satan talking to her. Because that's what happened to Adam. Adam went to court grass, left Eve. Eve was talking to Satan. Women like to talk. Women need to talk. So you must be, beyond being physically present. You know, many men do that mistake. You are lying down with your wife on the bed. And you're on your phone throughout. That's a crime. And you're even liking other girls' picture. <laughs> so men, come on. You know, there's the forehand nationally. Federal level of falling hand. I can understand you are even sneaking to look at women you should not look at. I forgive you. You can't go like them. You press like. You don't know that Instagram shows people, they won't show off the people that like it. They will show people that are connected. So if you like something, everybody that you interact with is the person they will go and show, hey, Bomboy, you don't like this picture. <laughs> Men don't know. You see guys shaking a Bomboy, you don't like. like they, they are going straight to your wife. Say, hey, come and see your husband. You don't like somebody with a twerk. <laughs> you can't do that. That's part of the emotional security I'm talking about. You don't do that to a woman. A woman needs to know she's the most important person in your life. So you can't go and be liking other people's picture. That's not, you know, you can be a billionaire and it's to make any woman angry. You can't look at another person. No, that woman is fine. Do you understand that? Did you like that woman's dress? I didn't see it. <laughs> On the way to Calvary, he died for me straight. Do you understand what I'm saying? No matter where you enter, there's only one woman in the room. That's your wife. 
Because men don't know that. <laughs> See, fine, fine, guess, yeah. <laughs> no! A woman needs emotional security. She needs to know there is no threat to her position. Men are territorial positionally. Women are territorial emotionally. Do you understand? That's another difference. Men are territorial positionally. Men don't really want control. Men want position. A man doesn't want to control the home. That's why we all know that it's women that really control him. Women that choose where everything is put, where what we buy. It's women that finally choose. But a man needs to feel he has the position. So women, that's very simple. All you need to do is to always ask your husband. Even if you're not going to do what he's going to say, ask him. Say, honey, what should we do? If he said, no, we're not doing this thing, say, yes, sir. Say, yes, sir, you're the head of this home, so we're going to do what you say. Then tomorrow, come back and say, honey, you know you said we should not do that thing, and you're the head of this home, and you know whatever you say is what will stand. But please... Give him the position. When you rub his head, like, say, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> he, need, he doesn't need control. What, women, what you really want is control. Take your control. Give him position. Everybody knows. All the major decisions that happen sometimes in the company is not the MD that made it. It's the WMD. The wife of the MD is the person you should be afraid of. If she doesn't like you, your job is not secure. The MD can like you once she gets to the room. And she's frowning. And he's touching her. He's saying, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. So what's wrong now? See, why are you saying employing John? John is always rude to me. My brother, your job, nine goes so. <laughs> Women don't need position. What they need is control. Women are territorial and emotional. This is why you will see more problems in terms of mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. You will hardly see father-in-law issues. Hardly. But everywhere in the world, mother-in-law is an issue. Why? You are coming to take her son. That's emotional security. You are taking her emotional security. And a lot of times, some of those women don't have great marriages or great relationship with their own husband. If a woman has a great relationship with her husband, usually she will not compete with you for her son. But if a relationship with her husband is not great, and this is the only son that calls her, that sends her money, that gives her attention, then you, you just carry your Ghana weaving or your Brazilian hair or your bone straight from nowhere. You want to come and carry this on. So she's first threatened emotionally. She doesn't even know you yet, but she has already started fighting you. Say she doesn't clean this thing well. She doesn't catch how she dresses. It's not those things that you want her. It's the fact that you are a threat to her emotionally. Is somebody get what I'm saying? So women are emotional. You must know how to pour into them emotionally. You must make sure she's the most important. She knows she's the most important person. There should be no threat for her to her emotionally. Very, very, very important. And on the other hand, Men are logical. So women, if you are talking to a man, you must know how to appeal to his logic, not his emotions. Women make the mistake. They want the man to do something. They are trying to appeal to his emotions. No, don't waste your time. Appeal to his logic. You want to change your children's school. Don't just say, oh, I want to change your school. Say, why? Because all my friends they have changed to that school. No. No. That doesn't make any sense to a man. The man says, well, we're not here to follow your friends. This is where we are using. Instead, look for logical reasons. For instance, you can say, oh, I heard that children that go to the school are more likely to get scholarship for the next school. Or they are more likely to enter the kind of school we want them to go for secondary school. You see, that's a logical thing for a man. He sees some, pro some prospects there. Not just that, oh, everybody's doing it. No. Appeal to his logic. Abigail in the Bible did the same thing. Ab David was coming to kill Abigail's family. All right? And Abigail heard about it. Abigail intercepted David. But Abigail didn't go there and say, hey, David, don't come and kill my husband. If you kill my husband, I will be a widow. If you kill my husband, my children will be orphaned. Hey, 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 please. You see, between women and women, that's a good excuse. That's a good story. Don't kill my husband because you are all women, you know. You know how it is in this life. I don't want to be a widow. It makes sense to a woman. It doesn't make sense to a man. Why don't you want to be a widow? That's why I'm here. I'm here to, I'm a widow maker. 
I'm here to kill people. This is what I do for a living. However, she appealed to his logic. She said, hey, you're going to be king one day. You know God has said you'll be king. If you come and dirty your hand and kill this man, and tomorrow it'll be, it'll be on your record that you killed a, a useless man. Why are you dirtying yourself like this? You're a king now. Come on, man, not be a man. You're a king. He says, true, I'm a king. Why am I come to kill this? It appealed to his logic. Not say, I don't want to be an orphan. No. And the same thing for a man, you want to talk to a woman, appeal to her emotions. Sometimes I find it hard to understand how a man tell me that I want my wife to do something, but she doesn't want to do it. I'm wondering, but you're not that toasted this man to marry you. She left her father and mother to follow you. You can't get her to follow you from Ajatoleki. But you got to leave her house to follow you to your own house. It's very easy. Appeal to her emotionally. Don't appeal to her logically. Don't say, ah, if we live in this place, it's better for us. No. Or it's cheaper rent. No. Appeal to her emotions. So tell her, hey, somebody should appeal to that child's emotions. <laughs> All right, so appeal to her emotions. Say, hey, if we move to this other area, you see, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to make more money and I can, we can finally go on that family vacation that you've always wanted. And I've, and I've been thinking about that family vacation. That we, don't, we don't travel. If I save this money here, we'll use that extra money to travel. Then we can spend, you know, holiday together with me and you and the kids. If she's here in family, it's making sense. Or you tell her, if I live here, you know, I'll save time from traffic. It means I'll be able to spend time with the kids. I'll have more family time between me and you and the kids. I want to be doing homework with my kids. I don't want my kids. No. You are talking family. She's hearing you. She says, speak on, speak on. I'm hearing. Appeal to her emotionally. Don't appeal to her logic. You want to buy a sports car, convertible. You go and tell her, honey, I want to buy a sports car, two-seat, convertible, V8, 16 valve, 750 horsepower. She said, what are you talking about? What can I this? Doesn't make sense to a woman, but tell her, hey, baby, I want to buy a car. Only me and you, two seats, just me and you. Convertible, we'll drive. No kids, oh. The kids will send kids to grandma, just me and you. Drop the top down, go shopping together, and be able to spend quality time. Play music and just drive. She said, You're talking to me, talk to me. <laughs> not V8, 16 valve, 750 horsepower. She said, Where are we going? <laughs> We're not running anyway. <laughs> So know how to communicate. That's just simple. You can deceive a man if all the story, if the story line lines up. If you follow logic, you can deceive any man. As long as one plus one looks like two, any man will jump for it. For women, it's the other way around. Things one plus one must not be two, but you can emotionally appeal to her. So as a counselor, one of the common stories I get from women is, Pastor, there's this man. Uh, we have been dating for three years. I've not seen him in three years. He doesn't call me. He beats me sometimes, and he's cheating on me. But he say he loves me. What should I do? Because that's not a confession for a man. The actions already show that he doesn't like you, but for women, he says he loves me. So you can confuse or deceive her emotionally, even though the facts don't line up. Women don't only live by facts, they live by how they feel. That's why a woman sometimes thinks my line up, she can know something is wrong. As a man, you must always ask your wife's advice. Everything I look good, she doesn't know that this business doesn't feel, I don't feel good. She doesn't know why, she can't explain the logic, but she has the notion. That her feeling is right. So I ask women, what do you feel? I ask men, what do you think? You get the best from them that way. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Women are incredibly intuitive. They can just know something for no reason. They can't explain it, but they know it. Because they have the capacity emotionally. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So women are emotional. So it's simple. If you want your wife to do things for you, appeal to her emotionally. If you want your husband to do more things for you, appeal to him logically. So I also know how to feel. You know, when a woman is stressed, it's not every time she's telling you about a problem she wants to give solution. Men make that common mistake. Your wife is talking to you and she's telling you about a problem and you are cutting her to advise her. No, she doesn't want advice. 
men, women talk for affection. It's men that talk for solution. Because men talk for solution, when their wife is talking to them, they're trying to give solution. No! Women, on the other hand, are talking for affection. She talks to you because she likes you. And that talking will heal her. So she doesn't need you to interrupt her to give her the advice. She's so smart. If she talks enough about her problem, she will also talk about the solution. She can't think up anything. But she just needs somebody to listen to her because she processes things by talking. And she can't talk to herself. So just be there and listen to the story. Oh, I have this colleague. She's so annoying. She plays nonsense music in the car. She's always talking rubbish. I'm tired of him following her into the car. The man will just say, ah, then stop following her. Mm-mm. Just listen to me. I want to vent. So just listen throughout the story. When she's done, say thank you very much. She will come up with a solution herself when it's time. But most men want to cut her short and quickly give solution. No. She needs to talk to you. She needs to talk to you. All right? Very, very important. So create those times for talking and listening and interacting. It's very therapeutic for a woman. And start paying attention to what she really likes. Become emotionally available. There are times you don't feel like saying mushy things. You don't feel like saying, I love you, I miss you. Learn to say it. After a while, you will get used to it. Call her for no reason and say, I just miss you. Call her for no reason and say, I just love you. Hug her and kiss her like a kissing a trophy. For no reason. She likes that. That's your point to an emotional tank. Women love that. And for those of you that are parents, again, men, I need to speak to you quickly. For those of you that are parents, you must understand that what a woman brings to a child is not what a man brings. If you are here and you have a child outside wedlock, you must be involved in that child's life. It's important because you're the one that brought that baby to this world. You can't leave it with the mother. All right? You must be involved. Now, what a child gets from a father is different from what it gets from a mother. A mother has the unconditional love that God has. A father has the judgment side, the discipline side, the identity side that God brings. So God is made up of man and woman. All right, That's why we have the unconditional love of God. You know God has forgiven this whole world. How many of you know that? The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He has already paid the price for this whole world. He has paid it down. He has unconditional love. You can't offend God more than you've already offended him. He's already forgiven. He's done. He's done. He has unconditional love. But there's also the unconditional judgment part of it on that last day. No begging. Because I'm late. It's traffic. Lord, where I live? Aja. Ah, Lord, if you see the traffic, no excuse. But don't worry. That judgment side of God, too, the way his unconditional love can move, is also unconditional judgment. No story. No story. If you didn't enter now, that we're all shouting and preaching, doing you didn't enter now. You won't come and enter last minute. Because you went to a party. No begging. We change him too. So, his man is like that. Woman is the loving, compassionate part. That's why if a woman's child steals money, they lock him in prison. That same afternoon, the woman will carry food to him inside prison. The man will say, lock him there! Let him do, see what his mates are going to do. You want to steal, Abby? You're a mad boy. It's only men that call their children bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Men are like that. They're very disgusting. So the two of them together brings a balance to the child. The child needs both. So if you're a father, your daughter, the way you will treat your daughter is a bit different from how you treat your son. Your daughters will learn true love from you. You are their first true love. You must be emotionally available to your daughter. You see, this is where you practice. You must be emotionally available to your daughter. You must learn to hug her. You must learn to tell her, I love you. You must learn to tell her, you're pretty. Let your daughters peck you. You peck them. They need emotional fulfillment and emotional love. So you must provide it first. If you don't provide it first, you will live a whole life looking for love. You must feel that part of our life first. You are the first. This is why women love God, because God is a father. God is a father. Men find God very hard, and they do transactional love with him. Lord, I'll pay my tithe if you bless me. It's transaction. 
very unemotional. But women, they just love God. I just love you. I just want to be where you are. Women just love God. When they sing to God, even God is happy. For men, it's a business. Now, God, they say you can bless people. How much tight again? 10. Can I pay 9.5? Things are tough this season. Transactional. <laughs> So your daughter needs to get the emotional love from you. You must be her first love. Because women, girls that grow up without that father love end up looking for love in all the wrong places. So they keep the first boy that tells them she's fine, she'll pull her cloth. First boy that tells her she's fine because she has never heard it. You must tell your daughter she's fine to the point that anybody telling her again she's fine outside is just Jara. She's already full from home with the understanding that she's fine. This is important, guys. You must tell her I love you, you are beautiful, you are smart. Don't only tell her you are beautiful, tell her you are smart. When, you, when a girl grows only hearing I'm beautiful, you see the way life works, any area people are praising you about is the area you focus on. This is why you notice in quotes, girls that are very fine usually are not usually very brilliant, usually. Only in rare cases, that's the truth. Because as I say, you are so pretty, you are so pretty, she starts putting more focus on the area that gets her attention. And being smart, they don't dash you, it's not like physical beauty. Being smart, it, you have to intentionally start to read and think. So give out doses of affection, doses of compliment, doses of everything, large doses. Your son, on the other hand, is not looking for I love you. Your son needs you to do activities with him, then also needs affirmation and approval from you. So you need to be very good with your words. Say you are a smart boy, you are a hardworking boy, you are excellent. Look for areas to praise him about. Now, he might not be good at the things you want him to be good at. For instance, if you're a very academic person, he might not be academic. If he's very playful, commend him for effective playfulness. <laughs> because in this world, that might be what he will use to make it. He might not be a master in English. So tell him, man, you're Superman. This thing is so tough. Let's do Superman together. Just play, give him approval. Give him affirmation. Give him all those things. A man needs it. A boy needs it. Boys that grow up without it spend their whole life looking for approval. And this, this, they lie, they steal, because they are looking for respect. He needs to grow up in his home with enough self-respect to know that you are already somebody. You are not going to become somebody. You are already somebody. You are important. I see you. I value you. Even Jesus Christ, Son of God, needed affirmation from his father. That's why God said, this is my beloved son. Publicly. He said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. God had to give him public affirmation. The Son of God. Are you here, somebody? Very important. Boys need it. I told them in the first service that every woman that Jesus healed, 99% of women that Jesus healed, he touched them or they touched him. 99%. He touched them. And all the women Jesus healed, she, he called them. He either said, my daughter, or he said, woman, or he said, damsel, or he called some, he said something to them. For the men, he rarely touched them. And he didn't call them anything. Just say, take up your bed. Get out of here. Very important. <laughs> Second one, men are project-driven. And I'll end with this one. Men are project-driven. Women are process-driven. Men enjoy the project. Women enjoy the process. Very important. Men enjoy the project. Women enjoy the process. Women, you have discovered that when a man is toasting you, that time you are the project. He's calling you morning after the night. He's sending you, have you woken up? Have you slept? You are the, he's the first text you receive. Is the last text you receive. 
You guys talk and talk and talk on phone. He can't get enough of you. He's taking you out. He knows all the nice places to take you. You see, at that time, he's the project. The way a man is wired, he's a hunter. The moment he sets his eyes on a project, ideas, creativity, resources begin to come to carry out that project. The moment the project is completed, he suddenly gets demotivated. You see that same man doesn't call you again. That same man that used to carry you from Aja to Ikorodu and bring you back. Now he can't even leave bedroom to kitchen. It's too far to come and talk to you. He is suddenly demotivated once because he's very project driven. He's inspired and moved by project. Once the project is completed, he doesn't even know why he's so demotivated. And once that happens in a marriage or relationship, don't try to fight him for his attention. Now find out the next project in his life and be a part of that project. He will continue to see you. But what most women do is that once the man moves on that project, they are now competing and contesting with that project. He now starts seeing you as a distraction. Don't waste your time to fight. He's a project person. Once a project is complete, he moves on. Women, let me give you a way you will understand it. How many of you remember as a woman, you, when you're pressing, you choose the bathroom, and you're going from Lagos to Ore, and the thing catches you somewhere in the middle of the road before you badon. Most women can hold that pee from Ibadan to Ore. I don't want to use any bathroom. I don't want to use myself in the bush. I'll just wait till I get to find a nice bathroom. And she'll hold that pee for three hours. But once you see the bathroom, you want to use the distance from the car to the bathroom is the most trying time. <laughs> End time of everything is hard time. When you finally try your best, make it to the bathroom, opening that door. The door now seems challenging your authority. Open, open, this is dragging. When you finally make it through, the thing is almost coming out. You make it through the door. Your zip, demon now enter your zip. <laughs> open, open. You see, why did you suddenly lack the power to continue the thing you were doing for three hours? Because you, the project is almost complete. That's what happens to men. Men get demotivated once the project is complete. The same man that was calling everywhere, taking you out. He has married for seven years now. He's not taking you out once. Project finish. Now, for you, on the other hand, men, now that you know, you need to be conscious to maintain almost same energy from toasting to now that she has agreed. Many men make the mistake. You toast with energy. Now she has agreed you've lost energy. No, no, no. You won't feel like. That's why I'm teaching you all this thing. You won't, don't follow your natural instincts. Go beyond your natural instincts. So continue the energy, even though you don't feel it. Forget feeling. Feeling comes later. You can, it's easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. I'll say it again. It's easier to act your way into feeling than to wait to feel like it before you act. So continue complimenting, continue texting, continue calling, continue being kind, continue taking out whether you feel like it or not. Don't let the project mentality and the hunter mentality to make you stop being a good lover. Continue to do the things, the same energy you used to toaster. Continue it. Women like the process. So men, don't be tired of the process. A man sees the wedding as the end of something. A woman sees the wedding as the beginning of something. A man is saying, ah, September 22nd. Once we just get married, I can rest. No! The woman is saying, we are just starting. She loves the whole process of picking the wedding gown, picking the wedding colors, picking the decoration. The man is just tired. Say, what date is this thing again? How much is what the man wants to know? But the woman says, oh, we'll do fusha pink. Then when it's almost time, one month, he says, I don't like fusha pink again. Let's do burgundy. A man doesn't even know what this color exists. After burgundy, they say, they didn't have the flower in that burgundy, so let's do magenta. She's enjoying the process. Don't become stiff. Allow her to enjoy the process. That process is important. 
Let her enjoy it. That's why women complain all the time that men don't carry them along. Do carry her along in your decision making. It's important. She wants to be a part of the reason, the decision from the scratch. Share with her. She loves the process. Don't just come and tell her we are going to move to Aja. Finish. No discussion. No, you are killing her because her, her instincts and her natural strength is process. She's good with details. She wants process. Don't just go. You want to buy furniture, just go and contract somebody that you don't still have to furnish the house. Ah, you have deprived of the things she likes the most, the process. Carry her along with your decisions. Even though you are baseline, you are project-driven. This also spoils marital sex. A lot of married women are not happy with their sexual life because the man just wants to go to the project, the end point. And unfortunately, the man is like cooking gas. He can get aroused in one minute. Just only... <laughs> A woman, on the other hand, is electric cooker. You plug it and it goes gradually. Gradually, it takes time. A woman starts getting aroused from how you treat her in the morning. If you want to have great sex at night, you start from money. For a man, there can be a big problem. Women don't understand. There's a big problem, and the man wants to have sex. It's unconnected. The world can be ended. I think the world is going to end tomorrow. Say, okay, let's quickly do one. That's how men are thinking. They are not with us. Because their own sexual needs is not connected to them emotionally. This is why men sleep around. Women will find it hard to sleep around. Most women that sleep around, something has happened to them somewhere. The normal woman that was well brought up in a home is hard to just sleep around. Because for her to sleep around, there must be some emotional connection first. A man can sleep with anybody. doesn't have to know you. This is why prostitution sells. Those men have never met those women before. And they're not going to meet them again. But they can do have sex. For a woman, to be having emotionless sex is draining. It's not enjoyable because she likes the emotional connection involved. She likes the whole process of us talking, going on a date, and getting aroused, and caressing, and smooshing, and kissing. Men don't need those things. Four plays strictly for women from the eyes of men. Men can start from zero and reach 100 in one second. Is somebody following what I'm saying? So if you're married here, learn the process of arousal. Start from the nice words, the caress and the hugging, the kissing, the foreplay. Most women even tell you they can even do it only foreplay without intercourse. And most men can do with intercourse without foreplay. All right? For those that are married. I'll end with this story. <laughs> I shared a story in the first service of uh, Menendez brothers. Something that happened in Hollywood. One rich millionaire, his two sons killed the parents. Two sons killed the parents. And these sons, the, the deal was that in the man's will, um, once the two parents die simultaneously, the children, will, the sons will inherit the money. The guy's a millionaire. So they killed their father. To inherit, I believe, to inherit his property. So they were going on shopping spree. Killed father and mother in the house. Going on shopping spree and cruising. And of course, they charged them to court. They assumed they were the killers. Once they got to court, guess what those two boys did? Their lawyers told them to say their father was sexually abusing them. Before that time, everybody assumed that, oh, these guys are going to rot in jail. They killed their father. They are going to rot in jail. Everybody thought it was a done deal. Until, you know, American lawyers, they are great. They just they know what to do. Loophole. They said, your father sexually abused you. So the boys came on that day, court day, began to cry. <laughs> My father sexually abused us, two of us. The minute they started to cry, the whole story changed. All the people that were saying, lock them up. Began to say, ah, these poor boys. Because women are emotional. They got, see, they spoke the right language. See, there's nothing like real truth in this life. It depends on who is sharing the truth and who is listening. Is somebody get what I'm saying? It depends on who is sharing the truth and who is what? Listening. If it's men that are listening, there's a way to share it. There's a way to share it, the men will support you. If it's the women that are listening, there's a way to share it. So just that simple twist of coming to say, our father abused us. And they came to court and they were crying. Ah, the whole jury changed. So, in the American system, they use jury system. The jury were divided among, along gender lines. All the women said it's not murder. 
But all the men still said his mother, they should charge him for murder. Because for men, they don't understand. They abuse you, eh? That's why you kill your father and your mother. Lock them up! But women say, ah, they abuse them. You've never been abused before. Because almost, I can say almost about 80 or more percent of women have en encountered some form of sexual abuse. They just don't talk about it. The number is alarming. So, because most of men are the abusers, not the abused. How many have you seen a man complain of rape? A grown man complain that they raped me. Hmm. Most grown men will be happy <laughs> to be raped. I'm telling you the truth. Grown man, I'm talking about children. Yes, they rape male kids. I'm talking about grown adults. Two fine women rape him. In Frank, we say, oh, boy, wait, 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 They're not going to complain at all. <laughs> They're not going to complain at all. There's no true story. It depends on who is sharing the story and who is what? Listening. Because most women have been abused. So once you bring abuse up, you'll get a woman's attention any day, any time. Even if you're not abused, if you say you were abused, once abuse don't enter, women will support you. Women have been doing that for years. Once two people have sex and one says I was abused, whether it's true or not, and women talk more, Men don't have little. If, it's, if a woman slap a man, a man won't go about saying, my wife slapped me. Now shame. They say, we had an altercation. <laughs> we, just, we just had a, a tussle. I remember when a man go about saying, my wife slapped me, and my teeth come out. Nobody's going to say that. <laughs> but women, you push her. He <laughs> says, sorry, sorry. <laughs> she can't even tell the story. So what happened? <laughs> They're already supporting her. She has never started anything. Did they abuse you? <laughs> Push. Case has closed. You have lost. Though. Women have been using it forever. They've been using their weakness forever. Once you mention abuse, nobody cares what the true story was. You know, people have the assumption, and I'm a counselor, so I can give you some insight. People have the assumption that women stay more when there's cheating in the marriage, that women are the ones that stay. It's not true. Statistically, men stay more when there's cheating in the marriage than women. You know, the assumption has been, ah, when there's cheating, when a man cheats on a woman, women stay and bear it. The reason why both stay are different. Most women stay when they don't have where to go. Mm. When they feel they have kids, they feel they are not as marketable as before, or they're not economically strong enough to leave, they stay. Men on the other hand stay because of shame. So even though when you ask people when there's no cheating, will you stay, will you leave? All men say, I will leave. Most women say, mm, depends. When the chips are down, men don't even say they were cheated on. They just continue moving. Because the shame to go and tell other men that somebody slept with your wife, you just cover it and move on. Women shout about it, but they still stay. I don't know if you guys what I'm saying. So, but statistically, women live more because of cheating. They live more. Men stay more. Because you don't go and tell anybody that somebody slept with your wife. Except the council, of course. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, um, the Menel's case was settled like that. So lastly, I was saying the story I was going to say. So, I, I wanted, I'm talking about process now and um, project. I remember many years ago, I wanted to buy trousers. The first time I ever traveled to London. I've been telling my wife, once we travel, I'll buy trousers. I need plenty of trousers. Because I couldn't find good trousers in Nigeria. Then it wasn't like now that people import things. Good trousers were very scarce to get. I said, if I travel to London, I will buy trousers. And truly, we landed London for the first time many years ago. I went to the mall to show that women enjoy process. When I enter the mall and see many shops, I just get tired. I've never entered. But the fact that there's so many options, just tires me. I say, give me water. 
I'm already tired. But women love the process. The many stores, the more the stores, the better. Say, if I don't finish today, I'll come back tomorrow. They enjoy the process. Men hate the process. So as I entered the first store, I entered the shop, and the first store at the shop was Marks and Spencer. You know Marks and Spencer, they're always at the entrance. They like that. As I entered, that was the first store by my right, Marks and Spencer's. As I entered the store, I saw trousers lined up from point A to point B, different color. I said, this is what I came to London for. I said, give me all the colors. My wife said, no, that's not how you shop. Check a few here and let's go to other stores. I said, no, this is what I'm looking for. I finally seen it. This is why I came to London. I told the man, give me all the color. Women know that you don't buy anything in the first place you see it. If a man is going to buy tomato in the market, the first place they're selling it is where you buy it. I came from market for tomato. This is tomato. Where am I going to the next shop? Oh, God, give me tomato. Any price you tell me, I trust you. <laughs> but women know that you never buy at the first place. You just price it. Check up by 30. Check up by 25. Two for 15. After this long pricing, the man is standing there saying, ah, thank God, we finally got a good deal. The man is trying to pay. He said, I'll come back. <laughs> the man is feeling bad for the woman and say, ah, sorry, madam. He said, no, beggar, she's used to it. We're all used to it. They go, and she will go around everywhere. When she goes around everywhere, she says, okay, okay, we're going to buy tomato from this one, and we're going to buy pepper from that one. After we've punished all these people, a man want to go and be giving them tips. Sorry, yeah? Sorry for your time. <laughs> sorry for the inconvenience. Some cases those days, my mother is in the service today. Some cases those days, let's appreciate her. <laughs> Some cases those days, they will even abuse themselves. They even abuse themselves in the market after pricing. Say, my Lord, go go abuse themselves. Why do you shop me? Then go fight. You think that this people will never buy anything. You'll come back again and say, Shorty. <laughs> after all these insults, I go see buy. Women enjoy the process. Men hate the process. We love the project. We love the project. So I entered. I told them, give me all the trousers. I didn't go to any other store. I took all the trousers. And it was a white man. I should have known something was wrong. It was a white man that was measuring me and picking the trousers. You know the way our own anatomy and everything is different from white people. So all the trousers he packed for me. I didn't even try it. Women know that even if something is size 18 or size 18, it might not be your own size 18. Women know that you must try the cloth. If you can't try it in the store, try it when you get to your hotel so that if you want to return it before you travel back, you can return it. Man, we don't have time for that. I trust the man. He's not size 40, you say? I trust you. Size 40. I'm size 40. The last time I checked. So we carry all the size, whatever it was. I got home. By home, I don't mean hotel. I mean home. Nigeria. I wear one. The fitting wasn't right. It was white people fit. I couldn't, among all the 10 or so trousers I bought that day, I couldn't wear one. Not one. All rubbish. My wife said, that's what I told you. You buy one here, let's go to other store. So since now, that time I learned, I've learned how to listen to her. Those are the early days of my marriage. I didn't know how to listen. I thought I knew many things. Now I've learned. Women enjoy the process. Men enjoy the project. Were you blessed this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you because stronger homes and stronger families 
will be built. Lord, we thank you because you will give us an understanding heart. A heart that will understand our partners, understand our spouses. will understand that they are different from us. And you will give us the grace to also act accordingly, even when we don't feel like. Thank you, Father, because you will help us be better fathers and better mothers. We will know how to talk to our children. We will know how to talk to our spouses. We will even be able to understand them when they talk to us. In the mighty name of Jesus. We decree this week a blessed week. Whatever you put your hands to do will prosper. God will supply you with wisdom this week. Your steps shall be ordered of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. For somebody sending in an application or a proposal this month and this week, I decree divine favor goes ahead of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.